Amen. Would you bless God for our worship and arts ministry? Amen. Thank you, Brother Bill. The enemy tried to give you what he's given me. Both of our voices are gone. But the devil is a liar. I feel like preaching. Amen. Amen. Uh, somebody needs a word from the Lord. It's so great to see our good friend, Deacon Nathaniel Spells, my neighbor, a great friend, awesome businessman, Deacon at the Brookland Baptist Church, who sometimes and often come and visit us. I thank God for people who know that they can share and go and worship with others, and God gets the glory. Thank you, and bless your wonderful pastor, my friend, Dr. Charles B. Jackson, uh, Sr. Amen. There's a word from the Lord this morning. As we enter into a brand new year, the first Sunday of the first week of the first of a brand new year, look at somebody and say, and I'm still here. <laughs> I think that deserves a hallelujah too. Amen. The theme for this year of 2019 here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road is walking by faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. The first sermon series, the first series of messages that God has given us for this brand new year is simply entitled Acts of Faith. Faith requires action. Faith is not just all talk. Amen. Talk is rhetoric. Faith requires action. So God has given us four messages to begin this year. And we have the handout. and Get one if you did not get it. Four simple acts of faith that God wants us to incorporate in our faith journey for 2019. Here is the first. The text is found in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 12 through verse 14. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. Amen. Walking by faith, the series is entitled Acts of Faith. Here is message and sermon number one. Verse 12, Philippians chapter 3. The Apostle Paul writes these most profound words. He says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. In other words, I am not perfect, Paul writes. <laughs> but I press. <laughs> Ooh, I love those three words. <laughs> but I Press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it yet. But listen to this. But I focus on this one thing. Look at somebody and say, in 2019, I am focused on this one thing. 
forgetting the past. Ooh. And looking forward to what lies ahead. Hear these words again. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And the church said, Amen. Reach over and catch someone by the hand. Amen. Bless this word into someone's spirit. Amen. Hold those hands. Pray for those hands that you're holding. For God, God perhaps purposely put you in this spot this morning so that somebody can touch the hands of a faith walker. <laughs> Amen. God's got you here this morning. So good to see so many of you here this morning. God has you here this morning for this purpose. Squeeze those hands. Look at someone. Each one of these four messages are very short, succinct, and very directly to the point. Here is the first act of faith for us in 2019. Look at somebody and say, let it go. Amen. Amen. That's it. Let it go. Woo. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Let it go. <laughs> I feel the presence of God. And I know there's, there's a reason why it seems like the devil's just been messing with me over, amen, Deacon Park over the last several weeks, and I, I couldn't quite figure it out. And God says he didn't want you to get to this point where you made it through another year, and you are declaring to him that what you went through last year, you're going to let go. Listen, let me begin by sharing with you a wonderful and a powerful quote. The renowned 18th century American poet by the name of Ralph Waldo Emerson is quoted as saying one of my favorite literary quotes. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Dr. Mary Helms, is quoted as saying, life is a journey and not a destination. And so I am convinced that if, if, if you don't want to take a journey, you don't want to live. But if you live, you are on a journey. Tell somebody, I am on a journey. Listen, the word journey is literally defined as traveling from 
one place to another. But perhaps the best definition that suits this series of messages that we're sharing with you beginning today says a journey is the passage or the moving from one stage to another. The operative word is moving. If you're standing and you're not moving and you're complaining and you're scratching your head, then you are not on a faith journey. Now, I'm going to talk next week about how we got to stand still because God says so. But there's a difference between being instructed by God to stand still and us just being lazy and emotional and depressed that the enemy is allowed to block our progress. Can I preach to someone? On this journey we call life, we, particularly those of us who are believers, those of us who are people of faith, listen to this, we are going to constantly be challenged, particularly in this year of 2019, to respond to some very difficult, painful, hurtful situations simply by exercising our faith. This is what we are referring to as acts of faith. We are going to be challenged to demonstrate our faith by what we do and not just what we say in 2019. We cannot be led by our emotions. We cannot be led by what other people say or think about us. And in this age of a hyper-social media culture, we oftentimes are too obsessed by what other folks say or think or tweet or post about us. I have some simple yet powerful advice for you. Three words, let it go. Tell somebody it's not that important, amen. Amen. They ought not be able to control your emotions like they did to you in 2018. I want to take my time and preach this morning. Yes, people will talk about you. Yes, people you trust and love will hurt you. Yes, folk you thought you could depend on will let you down. Ooh. But in 2019, you are not driven, controlled, or manipulated by what other folk do. Because God says we in 2019 are walking not by how we feel or what we see or what we hear, but by what we know that God can do and has done and has promised. Am I preaching 
to somebody in here who understand what God is saying. But listen, I believe, I strongly believe that our greatest challenges in this year of 2019, hear me carefully, will not be what we will go through, but will be how we will respond to what we go through. Just for the record, help me tell somebody you will go through some things. Every day of 2019 is not going to be pleasant. Amen. Some days you're going to have to cry. Some days you're going to feel like giving up. But have one night of a good cry. And then say, joy cometh in the morning. Any faith walkers in here? For we are going to be challenged to respond to what we go through in a way that separates us from people who do not have faith. <laughs> Come on and testify for me, Job. Job was one who feared God, shunned evil. Job 1 tells us that we, we think of Job as a rich man, but Job had something greater than riches. Job was a faithful man and a righteous man. Amen. And so Job did nothing wrong. It was because Satan thought he could embarrass God. Uh, Job was thrown into the equation. You know the story. God says, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan said, I have, but I understand that you have protection all around Job. And God said to Satan, you think Job serves me because of all the stuff he has. There's some folk who think you come to church because you've been blessed. No, tell them, you come to church because God is good. Even when you don't have everything you ought to have and want to have, you know how to serve God broke. You know how to serve God sick. You know how to serve God hurt. Am I right about it? So the Bible tells us in Job chapter 1, four things happened to Job. Back to back to back to back. From losing his stuff, from losing uh, his livestock of over 10,000 plus. Uh, and then the last one, the fourth one, it says, as the third messenger was speaking, the fourth messenger showed up and said this, your sons, Job chapter 16, it says, your sons and daughters, verse 18, chapter 1, your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's house. Verse 19, Job chapter 1, suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness 
and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children, seven sons and three daughters are all now dead. I am the only one who escaped to bring you the news. That was what Job went through. But take note of how Job responded to what he went through. Verse number 20, Job stood up, tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head. Look at this. And fell to the ground. Not to curse God. Not to have a pity party. But he fell to the ground to worship. To worship. Let me say that again. To worship. Then he said, I came naked from my mother's womb. I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had. And the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 22. In all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. So don't you think I'm feeling sorry for you. Because you decided to give up on your faith. Just because you were going through a valley experience. Just because your back was against the wall, you decided to turn in your faith credentials. The devil is a liar. If Job can worship God having lost all ten of his children, how much more can we worship God when things do not go our way? Somebody help me make this point and throw your hands in the air and say to God be the glory. Job went on to declare, I think it is in verse chapter 13, and verse 15, the New King James Version. He says, and though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Somebody ought to have the faith that say, Lord, if I got to go through my worst experience, I serve notice on every demon from the pit of hell that this joy I have, you can't take it away. You didn't give it to me, you can't take it away. I know how to praise God when I'm going through something. Take about 30 seconds, somebody, and give God your best Shabbat praise. Open your mouth and throw your hands up and say, yet will I trust him. Woo! Thank you, Job. Listen, one of those challenges undoubtedly we will be faced with in this new year of 2019 for many of us is how to deal with past hurts, setbacks, disappointments, people 
who we thought loved us turned their backs on us. How do we deal with stuff in our past that really wounded us like we never thought would happen? The truth of the matter is all of us deal with past hurts. I don't care how deep you are, how holy you are, how long you've been saved. Am I in the right place? None of us are immune from dealing with things and people and situations that have hurt us in our past. So the challenge for us in this year of 2019 is, Lord, how do I get past? How do I get over the fact that I was wounded in the house of a friend? How do I get past the fact that I was let down and left alone and dragged, drugged through the mud and, 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 and folk, as the old folks said, scandalized my name. How do you get over the fact that folk who I thought had my back put a knife in my back? Can I preach? How do we get over the fact that we've gone through some very difficult things? But listen, my brothers and sisters, I believe that it is absolutely impossible it is, uh, for us to enjoy the blessings of the Lord when we are still obsessing over what we've come through. It's hard to enjoy what he has in store for us when we're still thinking about what we've come through. Can I preach? when we're still stressing over those painful situations, when folk who, has all, who have already forgotten about us, we are still thinking about them. The folk that don't even have remember your name, you're still mad over stuff they did to you five, 10, 20 years ago. I have three simple words for you in 2019. The first, of faith is to let it go. But listen, the Lord said this to me. He said, it is very difficult to move forward on this journey when you're constantly looking back. I gave an example this morning. I was talking this morning and looked at my good friend who was sitting on the front row, Deacon Lorenzo Spells, and he and I go way back. I had, uh, we, we've been with each other more times than we can remember. And I says, who would want to ride in the car of a driver who always looking in the back seat? I remember when we were young, and Lorenzo and I laughed about that because we had a situation, Wesley, you know, we all hung together in high school. And, and there was a particular friend of ours, uh, I won't call his name because God bless him, he now is a preacher and doing pretty well for himself. But, but he had a tendency of when he drove and, and talked to folk, he had to look back and look at you. 
and that made us uneasy. Now, if you can't drive and look forward, then you don't need me as a passenger. Am I right about it? How many of you would feel comfortable riding with somebody who's driving and always looking back? Here's what looking back would do for you, even as you're walking and as you're running and as you're traveling. Usually, even if you aren't very coordinated, it is a difficult thing uh, to go forward and look back at the same time. What usually happens is that you trip yourself up and you fall down. Why? Because you aren't focused on what is ahead. You are trying to focus on what is ahead and what you left behind at the same. You can't serve two masters. Amen. You're going to either give your attention to the demons of your past or you're going to embrace the promises of your future. But you cannot have both. Come on and testify, Lot's wife. For the Bible says all we know about Lot's wife is she had one fatal flaw. Is that she could not turn loose that which God has already delivered her from. Can I preach for folk that are always reaching back for old demons? Help me understand something. If God got you out there alive, why are you trying to go back to something that you barely escaped out of? How many times does Delilah need to try to cut your hair off before you understand she does not have your best interest at heart? There's some Lot's wife, there's some Delilah's in our life that we need to let go. Be careful who you lay your heads, whose lap you lay your you don't need to be a genius or, or, or a rocket scientist to figure out if they tried to destroy you twice before, the chances are they'll try a third time. Am I right about it? So there's some folk in your life you need to let go. There's some folk you need to disassociate yourself. Block them off social media. Block them off your contact list. Go to delete, swipe, and say it's gone. And in case they try to call you again, as my sisters were trying to explain to me Friday, you need to block some numbers on your phone so that they won't keep aggravating you. How many of you are ready to block some demons that that terrorize you in 2018. Touch somebody and say, let it go. I feel like preaching. Let it go. The process of letting things go often begins with us forgiving ourselves. Can I say that again? 
if we can't forgive ourselves of mistakes that we've made in our past, it's hard to get over stuff that you haven't forgiven yourself over. Because Satan will constantly remind you of what you see. Satan is not a visionary, but he has a good memory. Somebody just caught it. Visionaries look forward, but people with good memories remember what has happened. Satan cannot remind you of what God has for you, but he can certainly remind you of what other folk have done to you, preach Pastor Jackson. But you got to get to a point where you have let it go and it does not bother you anymore and you're walking in the newness of life and things and people and situations that you went through, you're not carrying them forward with you because you don't have room for leftover spoiled baggage. Amen sometimes. See, my wife reminded me of this when she constantly asked me to take out the trash. And if you leave it in it too long, it'll start smelling. Amen. And, and amen. And so you've got some stuff that you've kept too long. And it's impacting the environment around you and the reason you can't get out of your slump is because you got some smelly garbage in the bottom of your trash can that you don't need to just cover up but some things you need to take out can I preach how many of you are ready to take out some stuff and Gwen my house would never get rid of that smell I was lazy it was raining and it was cold and I didn't want I had already put the garbage can to the road and I had some stuff and I wanted to sp spray Lysol and I got some other stuff I even got some of my little cologne and sprayed it but after 10 minutes it still starts smelling I finally had to put on my coat put on my hat grab that smelly garbage take it to the corner then my environment was all right because I got rid of that which was rotten. Some of you got some rotten stuff in the bottom of your barrel that you got to get rid of and perfume is not going to get rid of the stink. Let it go. Take it out. Get rid of it. Put it behind you. Woo! <laughs> ah, in the text. In the text. Woo! The Apostle Paul. The great Apostle Paul. Who had such a powerful testimony. Writes one of my favorite books in the Bible. In fact, when I was a seminary student at CIU, I took a course on the book of Philippians. And quite honestly, I wondered, Deacon Carlos, how can I spend a whole semester on four chapters? Because that's all it had, four chapters. And as I went to the class, the first day of the class, the professor says, uh, this semester is going to blow your mind. 
because you're going to see what can be said in four short chapters that others couldn't say in 40 plus. And as I began to look at the book of Philippians, I understood why this book and this church in Philippi was so special to Paul. Paul started the church on his second missionary journey. Established, it wasn't a mega church. It wasn't a large church. Uh, Deacon spells it one, one of these big churches that you've built all over this state. But it was just a small little house church with faithful folk. But when Paul was in need, without even asking, they sent him gifts and, and took care of his needs. So Paul had a special relationship with the church in Philippi. Paul writes in chapter 3, verse number 1, he writes these words, I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it, listen to this, to safeguard your faith. I do this because I, I want to safeguard your faith. And Paul was saying to them, make no mistake about it. The devil doesn't want your stuff. He wants your faith. The devil can care less about your money. He can care less about who you are in a relationship with. Uh, he wants your faith. He wants you in bad relationships because it impacts your faith. Uh, he wants you to walk around with your head hung down because it impacts your faith. And so Paul says, I write to you constantly to safeguard your faith. The book of Philippians has been referred to as the book of joy. It is the book of joy, which is unique in itself because 16 times in four short chapters, Paul uses the words joy or rejoicing. 16 times in four chapters. Now, that is amazing by itself, but it is even more amazing when you consider where Paul was writing from. He writes this from prison. He writes this knowing that his days are numbered. He writes this knowing that he will shortly lose his life on Nero's chopping block. Oh, but his location could not impact his adulation and thanksgiving that he wanted to give to God. Some of us allow where we are and what we go through to impact our attitude. But somebody ought to still have joy even in a bad place and even when things are not going your way. Is there anybody in here that can say I still have joy? I'm broke, but I still have joy. Sick, but I'm still have joy. I'm working in a job I don't enjoy, but I still have joy because the joy of the Lord 
is my strength. Make the devil mad. If this does not apply to you, then you are excused. But anybody in here that is so glad that you still have your joy, despite what you've had to go through, give me a 10 seconds out of your mind from the depths of your belly, clapping your hands kind of pray. Oh, sit down before church breaks out. Chris, if they knew your story, they would understand your praise. Ooh, if they knew what you've been through, they would, Mother Kelly, if they knew your story, they would understand your praise. So it's not what you're going through, it's how you respond to what you're going through. Somebody ought to still have rejoice. I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Come on, somebody. Give God your highest praise. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Ooh. In prison, but 16 times evoke the words joy or rejoicing. And then in, then in verses 12 to verse 14, Paul shares his personal testimony. He speaks of letting go and pressing forward as he strives to live and to have a godly and a righteous life. Listen to what Paul says in verse 13. He states that in order to reach the goal of a righteous life, he has decided, do not miss this, to focus on this one thing. Look at what the text says. I focus on this one thing. Look at somebody and say, this one thing. Because Paul knew if I don't get this right, then I'll never be able to enjoy anything God has. And he wanted the Philippians to know that if you cannot get this right, then you'll never be able to walk in grace and walk in the prosperity that God has for you. What is the one thing, Paul, that you are focusing on? Forgetting, look at verse 13, forgetting the past Ooh. and looking forward to what lies ahead. One thing you ought to do as we begin 2019, there's some things in your life that the enemy is trying to convince you to carry over to 2019. Shake your head at somebody and say, it cannot happen. You have to decide. Yeah, I can't lay hands on you and get rid of the demons that you're trying to carry. No, I, somebody can't 
pray your demons out of you. I don't care how much oil you put on your head. You can put enough to fry a chicken and it still won't get the demons out of your life that you got to get rid of. So help me tell somebody, some of your demons, in fact, all of your demons, you've got to evict out of your own life until you tell them to leave they are not going to leave pastor jackson deacon napa can say it all he wants but you need to stand up and say get out of my life is there anybody in here got enough courage to speak to some demons of 2018 some hurts and disappointments of 2018 and tell them get out of my life Come on, tell them I can't carry you with me. I've got too much that God is about to do for me. Can I preach to somebody? Oh, the enemy is going to be mad at you after today's message because you are about to carry the garbage out. You are about to dump some things in your life. And yes, there are some people in the bottom of your barrel that are smelling now too. And you need to even get rid of them right now. Come on, help me somebody and say it is about to happen. You got to profess because Job said if you profess a thing, it shall come to pass. Get out. Somebody help me say get out. Throw your hands up and say, leave me alone. Say, get out of my life. I don't need you anymore. You should have taken me out last year. Ooh, this is a brand new year. I'm walking in a brand new pathway. On this journey, I don't have room enough for old baggage. And then Paul says this. And then we're praying. Verse 14, first three words, I press on. Ooh, if you think it's going to be easy, then you are mistaken. And Paul said, just because I keep saying rejoice and joy, don't you think it's going to be easy? I'm here to tell you that it's going to be a press but don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. In fact, touch somebody and say, neighbor, perhaps your greatest blessing will be as a result of your pressing. Maybe because it was hard, you are blessed like you've never, ooh, I, I, I feel like speaking prophetically into somebody's life and tell you the hard stuff you got to go through in 2019 is going to be what the Lord used to bless you with. Somebody shout, I press. Somebody shout, I press. I pray. It's not easy to let some things go, but I'm trusting in God. I'm pressing on the upward way new heights I'm gaining every day. Anybody know that it's a press? Every morning you wake up and it gets hard you ought to thank God for the struggle because somewhere in the midst of your struggle will be a blessing coming out of this. Everybody stand to your feet. I feel like praising God.
can we take a little time to give God a yeah, 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 grab somebody by the hand and cross the aisles and catch your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, I'm here to declare that in 2019, although it may be hard, but I serve notice on every demon and devil that I'm coming through this, that I'm letting go some things, and I press looking forward to what God has for me. Take a giant step, turn those hands loose, and y'all are about to mess me up. Get on the devil's nerve. Get you a praise partner. Grab a hand. Come on, baby. Grab a hand to somebody with you and say, I press. I'm walking by faith. I'm moving by faith. It is already done. Now look behind you and say, bye. wave to somebody and say bye tell all my hurts bye tell all my disappointments tell all of my setbacks put a praise on a good goodbye bye bye it's gone it's behind me. It's over. Come on, Bible. Way behind you and say, Bob. What's that song? I'm trading my sorrows, trading my sickness. Y'all know that? Oh, y'all do. Come on, Bill. I'm going to work you while you're here. <laughs> trading my sorrows.
somebody meet us at this altar. In the balcony, come on. those hands all over this place. Listen. Listen. Some things. Thank you, choir. Thank you. I love you all. Y'all can do it on the spot. Some things in our life, God says we simply got to say bye-bye. Amen means it's done. It's over. Listen to this powerful altar call song that Dwayne Woods right because there are some things in our life we need to let go and let God amen I need you to turn to somebody and say let go and let God this song was my testimony and my, and my wife knows about this this, this, this is personal I couldn't seem to fall asleep. There was so much on my mind. Searching for that peace. But the peace I could not find. Can I testify? So then I knelt down to pray. Praying, help me. Please. Then he said, you don't have to cry. Thank you, Lord, because I'll supply all your needs. This is what the Lord said to me. My dear sister, Thea, I know you've prayed for me so much. And God says, as soon as I stop worrying, worrying about how the church is going to end up, how my family is going to end up, how my health is going to end up. As soon as I stop worrying about how the story ends, I let go and I let God, let God have his way. Come on, quiet. Listen. I couldn't seem to fall asleep. 
Somebody ought to be at this altar. Come on. Start this year off right. As many of you can, just, just leave your seat. And even if you got to stand in the aisleways, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the balcony. So glad. What a testimony. Yeah, yeah. He said you don't have to cry. I thank you, Lord. I'll supply all your needs soon as I stop That's when things start happening. Oh, I stop looking at Church, there's so much going on. Oh, sing, Bill. Thank you. Sometimes I can't find my way. Oh, yeah. Oftentimes I struggle, struggle from day to day. I had to realize it's not my battle. Not my battle. <laughs> not Ooh, my yeah. battle to fight. I had to know when I put it in God's hand, everything would be alright soon as. I stop looking back. Worship, worship God.
lift those hands. Soon as I stop worrying, soon as I decided to put it all behind me, for the enemy attacks us in so many ways. Sometimes he attacks us through the spirit of negativity. Put thoughts in our minds that God says I've already delivered you from. But this year, on the sixth day of the year 2019, our first act of faith is to let it go. If God is going to bless you like you want him to in this year of 2019, you must be willing to put some things behind you. Listen, it begins with your relationship with God. The only reason why Paul could write this from a prison cell because he knew he had a relationship with God. Life is so short. I just want to encourage you. You may think you have forever, but life is so short. I told the church this morning at 8, I received the call from one of our brothers, Brother Jay Whitmire, he and I. We've got a mutual friend who is a state house friend, a great man who works down at the Capitol from a very prominent family that predates even the Civil War. And his wife called Jay said, just let folk know that two weeks before Christmas, he was feeling bad, thought it was just a cold. Went to the doctor's office and told him he has terminal liver cancer. Ooh, just a week earlier, he thought he had the rest of his life. And God can still heal. But what, what are you saying, Pastor Jackson? Can I talk to all the young people in here? You're not immune from tragedy hitting your life. Ooh, yeah. And you may think you have forever. You, you may think that you can get it right earlier. Ooh, yeah. But you don't know when you may be the recipient of bad news. Here is my question to you. How will you respond? Do you have a relationship with the Lord that says as Job said, well, God gave. God can take it away. If you don't have that personal relationship with God, I invite you on this Sunday to make Jesus your choice. After we pray this prayer, if you want to recommit your life, if you want to commit to something greater than yourself, I'll wait right here at this altar. If you want to be part of the kingdom of God, you want to join the church, we invite you to do that. But even more importantly, you want to become part of God's kingdom so that if you get bad news, you know who to go to. You know a guy. See, it's, it's a horrible thing to seek God only when you need him. Amen.
you ought to have him with you in case, in fact, you will need him. Have him with you when you need him. Close those eyes, if you will. Lord, we thank you right now. Thank you, Lord, for this first Sunday of 2019. Thank you for this first act of faith that you have challenged us with, and that is to let it go, forgetting what is behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. Thank you, Lord. We're not obsessing over yesterday demons anymore. We know that you have already made a way. I thank you for the miracles that will happen in 2019. Thank you for the blessings that will unfold and manifest themselves in this year of 2019. Thank you for these faith walkers who, who are in this place. Move in a mighty way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Put your arms around somebody and say, Let go. Let God. <laughs>